live from an attic somewhere in the north, this is The Late Show with Tom Stark. Season's greetings, everyone out there. Uh, tonight, we're going to be uh, rounding up my uh, look at Microsoft and some of the features that may be a bit hidden that you may not know about. I'm also going to talk a little bit about digital organization. Uh, yeah, no, you, uh, this is the kind of fascinating subjects that really kind of get me going on a Sunday evening. But it's a problem. It's a problem that I've realized that many students are having. Live from an attic somewhere in the north. This is The Late Show with Tom Starkey. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. I can never get me talk to fit into that bit on the introduction, you know? I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I, I, sometimes I have too much to say, and then there's dead silence uh, for a little while. And then sometimes I don't get to say what I need to say, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah. Um, so second part of the show tonight is going to be about digital organisation, looking at a couple of tools. It links in with the other Microsoft stuff that I'll be talking about as well. Uh, just because I am. Uh, seeing lots and lots of students um, where I work in my HE institution who are desperately struggling with digital organization and just the the amount of digital learning material that they have to sift through. So I thought, why not? Why not put it on the show? Because that's the kind of planning that I like, the uh, no plan plan. As, as it were. So I promised you all last week that I would look at some of the other, uh, some of the other OG programs of Microsoft and Windows. Uh, so we're going to start with Excel and get that out of the way. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody who really knows what they're doing with Excel. It's like watching a wizard. It's like watching, it's like watching Gandalf you know, talk to trees and bring down giant eagles. I I can sit there with my mouth agog watching somebody on a PC just kind of like play with Excel and just and do these things that, you know, no no human should be able to do. You know, it's never Excel's never been my forte. I've never had an administration role where I've had to use it. I've had to use it for things like uh, end of year figures, uh, reports. I had to use X. I mean, it's something that I've tried to kind of steer clear of because it's it's never been my favorite program. Too many boxes. I like to think outside the box personally. And Excel is just like, just like all boxes, you know, you know. Uh, so I don't really, uh, I don't really have much of an insight into Excel, but I did ask somebody at my work, one of the aforementioned wizards of Excel. Uh, that does actually sound like a fantasy novel, doesn't it? <laughs> That'd be brilliant. The wizards of Excel. <laughs> That'd be, I'd read that. I'd read that. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, so we'll talk a little bit about some of the tips that they gave me to give to you wonderful listeners out there. If you're listening live, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this, on this uh, uh, cold and frosty evening. 
if you uh, want to join the conversation, I can't take callers tonight, I'm afraid, but but please, you can use Twitter uh, at uh, TT Radio uh, 2022 um, and uh, give some comments. You can also add a comment to the Podbean Live chat as well. Before this show, I was listening to uh, one of my co-presenters, Brent. Brent Brent show on kind of uh, the run up to Christmas. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, give it a listen because it's really, really good stuff, really good stuff. And it, it kind of triggered memories of my own school days where, you know, so you, Chris, the last week of Christmas and the halls of my school were full of the rumblings of the TV trolley. Now, now, you young'uns out there might not know this, right? You, you, you young'uns. Um, before the advent of electricity and whilst dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, people of my age, my advanced age, when uh, the last week of Christmas rolled on, um, we uh, got to have a look at some Christmas entertainment, maybe a Christmas movie. And uh, it was always on a TV trolley. They had to they had to wheel this monolithic like CRT trolley that had a TV that had a television on it that you had to get up to change the channel. And there was somebody there's there was always one kid in the class who you who knew how to use the TV and video recorder because the teachers never did, you know. And you know, bless them at that time. Why 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 would you want to learn how to do something like that? And it just yeah, and Brent showed just talking about some of the things that go on around Christmas. It kind of just triggered triggered uh, nostalgic memories of the TV trolley being wheeled in by a whole team of people because the telly was so heavy and then uh, whacking on a Christmas film. I ain't got no problem with I I, I know, you know, I know you got to you, you should be teaching up until Christmas. You know what I mean? Uh, when I was a teacher, I was whacking Christmas movies on the middle of autumn. Yeah, you know, I was knackered. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it was just like the rumbling of the trolley and you knew you were going to have a good lesson because you you could just kind of, oh, you, you could hear it coming a mile off as well. It was like something out of Jurassic Park. You could hear it. And you thought, oh, yeah, TV trolley. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bugger that working for the lesson. We're going to be watching something. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the movies that, some of the movies that they showed when I was at school for some reason the school that I went to it was a tad on the rough side I remember one Christmas uh where they uh, they wheeled in well it were by that time no no it was still a tv trolley when I was in secondary school um but they put on uh um they put on a John Woo movie for Christmas and I've, I was thinking and at the, at the point at that point in time back in the day nobody batted an eyelid Oh, what was it? It was uh, with John Travolta, John Travolta and Christian Slater. Broken Arrow. That's right. <laughs> Broken Arrow was our Christmas movie one year. Uh, Crofton High School. God bless the place. It didn't. It doesn't exist in that in in uh, its form. It was knocked down a number of years ago. But yeah, that's that's uh, that that. If you if you wanted good Christmas entertainment, what you did is you went to a you went to a geography class at Crofton. And then you sat down and you watched John Woo movies. <laughs> it's just so weird. Absolutely weird. I don't know what people would make of that uh, today. So, you know, any good movie, by the way, you know, doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Doesn't get the recognition it deserves. But anyway, 
if um yeah have a listen to brent's show really 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 good um i had a, I had a listen what i try to do is i listen to other people's shows just to you know you gotta you gotta check on the competition you know what i mean you don't you can't you can't be letting you can't be letting these these young'uns kind of just try and uh just try and rule the roost you've got to check on the competition but i was i was pleasantly surprised and it triggered some very nice christmas memories about my own school days because you know uh, i talk about my school days a little bit and i've written about my school days a little bit but um my own secondary school experience was kind of like long periods of boredom punctuated by like huge ultra violence uh but you know they rolled in a tv every once in a while we got to watch john travolta jumping through the air in slow motion with a pistol in each hand ah the spirit of christmas yes indeed so yeah have a listen to brent's show it's a really good one um uh, today i'm going to be talking about um some of the i'm i'm stalling to be honest guys i'm stalling because xl's coming up and and I, I i know i said i'd cover it last week um but I, I kind of I've done that group work thing and let somebody else do all the work for me because um, <laughs> Excel is not my forte or my fifte. It's a, it's never been um, it's never been a program that I've enjoyed using. It it relies on uh, you know knowledge and um, a good grasp of things like order and uh, a lack of chaos, and that's never really been my bag to be honest never really been my bag but i was talking to somebody in my office who is an aforementioned excel wizard uh fantastic uh watching this person work a spreadsheet it's it's a thing of beauty absolute thing of beauty um and it's a it i'm just so impressed it's one of those ones where you just think to yourself i've got no idea how they've done this um <laughs> Brent just a young one's been a while since I've been called here. Brent, everybody's young compared to me. This is this is this is uh, I'm wizened. <laughs> Brent's just come up on the chat. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm an old wizard man. I'm so old. It's cold upstairs in the attic. I've got uh, I've got two dressing gowns on. It's so cold in this house that I've got a dressing gown over my dressing gown. I'm I'm double dressing gowned. Yeah, uh, it's it's it's. I'm I'm got two dressing gowns on. I've got what is perhaps the largest cup of coffee ever seen by man in my hand just to keep me going because it is way past my bedtime already. But anyway, uh, I digress. So um, I talked to uh, uh, a wonderful colleague of mine who is uh, adept at using Excel. They um, uh, they work the admin in my department and uh watching them watching them kind of watching them like mess around with the data it's 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 like watching somebody kind of conduct a conduct an orchestra it's a thing of beauty it's really it's really impressive to watch and i said listen i've got this show and i've got to sound like i know what i'm talking about if you were to give me one tip about using excel something that not many people really consider um what would it be uh, and straight off the bat, no, absolutely no pause from this person whatsoever. Keyboard commands, she said, keyboard commands. Keyboard commands are the secret to Excel. And I was like, oh my goodness me, this is gold. 
This is absolute gold. Basically, and to be honest, this goes to goes across the whole suite when it comes to things like our humble Word documents, uh, PowerPoint, Excel. Um, and it's something that's backed up by many of the students who I work with who uh, primarily use keyboard command for screen navigation due to certain mobility issues. Um, in fact, I was berated in a session. Uh, one of my one of my one of my job roles is um, is that I can offer remote support for students uh, in their own studies as a personal assistant. Uh, and um, and I was I was assisting a, a student. Uh, of mine who uh, who was doing uh, incredibly complicated things to do with engineering and she was becoming she was becoming more and more frustrated by the time it was taking me to do very simple things and I was like I don't I can't do this any faster you know help how what do you mean she says just press this and that on the keyboard and I was like what 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 do you mean what do you mean keyboard commands are kind of the uh, they're, they're the the underlying secret to many a uh, keyboard command shortcuts these things aren't necessarily used but oh my goodness me they are incredible time savers and effort savers even the you know even the humble word document how often do you when you're when you're trying to you know you know make the format in a little bit a little bit sexy you know oh yeah let's have a little let's have a little bold there and a little underline how many people out there just highlight the words and then you click in on the but you click on the uh, up the top there formatting and then you have to go down and use your mouse and click on the underline oh yeah that's good and then click on you know bold and if if you're feeling a bit flighty you italicize it as well but you know dependent on dependent on what you can get away with sometimes sometimes things are a little bit too shocking but you can do all this with keyboard commands and it, it is so much quicker so much quicker um and it it always surprises me that they are not utilized so um that's my tech tip for excel uh learn keyboard commands <clears throat> it's a general one guys it's a general one out there uh because if i start looking at excel in any uh amount of detail uh my complete lack of knowledge will become apparent and to be honest, I try to I try to come across as uh, you know slightly knowledgeable about these types of things, but um, keyboard commands um, and keyboard shortcuts are just something that uh, that I was I'm I'm introduced by uh, I, I was introduced to them by people who know what they're doing. Um, uh, my student has to use keyboard shortcuts uh, and my colleague who uses keyboard commands and shortcuts on Excel. Have a look at the list. The lists are readily available as to what keyboard shortcuts you can use for the different Microsoft programs that we like see every day. It is a game changer, absolute game changer. Oh, um, uh, just got a little, uh, got a little uh, message here. So what's the keyboard command for um, underlining word? Oh, yeah, all right. So keyboard command for underlining uh, uh, a particular word or phrase and word is control U. That's it. And then boom, done, wallet. And then you press it again to, to, to stop underlining. Brilliant, genius, you know, absolute genius. Absolute genius. And it's already there. It's readily available. People do use 
keyboard commands of course they do but it's just it's not something that i see very regularly and when i see it and the thing that makes me think ah yeah actually you know what this is the way forward is that the people that use them are like the top of their game when i see them being used and i'm like ah yeah keyboard command takes a bit of takes a bit of learning takes a bit of knowledge as to finding the right keyboard command finding the right uh um and kind of a little bit of muscle memory in regards to uh continuing to use them rather than you like a preferred way of working sometimes which is you know using the mouse to do everything but yeah so excel um this from the from the uh the mouth of an excel wizard if you want to become an excel wizard you first first you know you have to you have to reach the highest point of mount doom and then you no, you don't have to do that. Use keyboard commands, and that was it. And I thought that's brilliant. You know, it, it's brilliant in its simplicity. And sometimes that's the way of these things that you don't think about the different ways of doing things until you see somebody doing it, and you think, "Oh my goodness me, why haven't I done this before?" Why haven't keyboard commands can be used across a range of different Microsoft products, and can be used a range of different digital products in general. Have a look. You will save yourself. You will save yourself time and effort, guaranteed. Um, that's it. That's all I'm going to cover with Excel now. What, what, what do you mean fudging? Fudging it? What are you on about? Nah, no, nah, I'm not fudging anything. Yeah. Ah, Brent's uh, Brent's uh, copy selection, Control C, paste selection, Control V, undo recent action, Control Z. Control Z is brilliant. I love Control Z. Delete, choose a fill color, or H, H cut select. Brent needs to be on the show, man. Brent needs to be on the show because I can just hand hand over to him and he'll just list them off as he has done there. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's 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 true. These things, you know, they take a tiny bit of time to learn, but the amount of time that you save after you've got them down, oh, oh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So that's what I'm. That's that's my that's my lesser known feature for Excel. <laughs> yes, ah, uh, yeah. So. Um, what I also thought was, seeing as we're talking a bit about Microsoft, um, I want to talk about some of the accessibility features. Ding, 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 ding. That's my assistive technology bell today. Um, the, at the, the, the inherent, inherent, yeah, inherent will do. The um, features that are built in to Windows that uh, are there to try to increase the access of uh, using Windows, strangely enough. So, um, if you don't know about these things, or if you don't have a need to use these things, you probably will never come across them. But you may have students who do need uh, extra support in uh, things like uh, the presentation of text on a screen, um, extra support in regards to color contrast, um, um, and some others. So uh, the next thing I want to have a look at is I want to have a look at um, uh, Windows own ease of access suite, and that's what it's called. You can access the ease of access uh, settings by typing ease of access into the uh, search bar. There is a keyboard shortcut as well. Um, I can't exactly, I think it's Windows and something else. I can't remember off the top of the head. This is why I'm not a wizard, you see. But what you open when you go to the ease of access suite is that you open options regarding uh, some of the difficulties that people have when using a particular program. You've got, uh, you've got choices uh, on how you can make your display look. You can, you've got choices on um, your mouse, uh, mouse pointer. I'm sat around about three foot away from my computer screen 
and I use um, I use a feature where you can make your mouse pointer bigger just so I can get a handle on where I am on the screen and that I don't have a disability it's just something that helps me in my particular situation um, you can uh, you can simplify certain things you can make the mouse pointer bigger you can make all the text that appears on Windows larger without having to magnify but you can also have magnification um, you can have uh, things such as color filters where you can have a look at the color scheme um, with uh, specific schemes that are linked to color blindness you can uh, change things to grayscale which helps um, uh, it helps things like visual stress you can uh, go the opposite way and have high contrast color schemes that mean that um, neighboring colors whether they be buttons or the text that was on the page or or an icon um, uh, are highly contrasted and more visible for people with certain visual impairments um, it has a narrator function windows has a narrator function which is a text-to-speech function that will uh, speak to you what is on your screen um, uh, many many people don't realize that this is a feature that's built into the program it's there you can you can turn it on um, now and have your computer talk to you in a range of very very nice um, uh, uh, kind of very human accents at the moment I've got George Microsoft George United Kingdom big up George I like his I like his dulcet tones um, within that you can change the voice speed you can change the pitch of the voice you can change the volume you can figure out where you want the narrator to appear you can figure out if you just want it for text or if you want it for a whole screen um, this is one of the things that I one of the things one of the, one of the things that I do in my job my job is very varied like weirdly varied but one of the things that I do is that I I point out to people that these tools exist already you know they're there they're, they're there um, so yeah these of access suite let me I mean I'm gonna go on because it's just great that these things are available you can change the keyboard settings so that you uh, don't have to lock on particular keys if uh, you have mobility issues uh, you can install Braille so Braille readers um, Braille readers if you don't know it are kind of a digital Braille tool um, traditionally Braille is imprinted onto a paper page but the digital tool has a kind of constantly refreshing um, uh, digital uh, kind of readout um, and you can plug that in and you can get it to talk to uh, Windows and you can get it to you can get it to read certain things when it comes to audio you can change your device volume obviously um, if you have uh, particular issues with uh, one of your ears you can change from stereo to mono audio so only in one place uh, you can ensure that you um, the, the audio alerts you know sometimes you get this bing I don't know about you when I when I get a ping on my um, on my computer I'm forever trying to find out where it's from and what it means um, because I've got uh, I've usually got about 120 different tabs open um, at one time 
But what you can do is that you can ensure that any notification that you comes up on your screen is not just audio, it's accompanied by a visual uh, uh, so, what was I saying? Yeah, ease of access suite. Um, did you know in Windows computers, um, you have uh, you have the uh, capacity for eye tracking and using eye tracking software in Windows, and that is accessed through the ease of access suite. Um, so, apologies for that break there. For some reason, uh, we stopped. Uh, I think perhaps my computer just gave up. It does that every once in a while, you know. It's a bit like me. It's just like, oh God, can't. Uh, oh, do I have to, I have to? I have to listen to him speak again on a Sunday evening. No, I'm just turning myself off. I've got no idea what the problem was there, guys. So all apologies. Yeah, the ease of access suite is um, my kind of assistive technology tip for today. What it does, it makes certain problematic things when using the Windows system slightly easier. And uh, if you haven't taken a look at it, have a look because uh, many of my students with disabilities use it. But also, um, I also find that once people have a look at the system, people find certain things that are useful. Uh, for instance, like I said, I've got a big old mouse pointer that I can see from like a hundred yards away so i can make sure that i know where i am on the screen um i use speech to text a fair bit because i you know i can speak a lot quicker than i can type and i often speak at length as you may well have known um yeah so those are some of the features now after the news hopefully the news is going to play when you know every every day is a new adventure here at tt radio so we'll see what's going on um, after the news, uh, we'll talk about one last product from Microsoft, and then I want to talk about uh, digital organization, of academic material in particular, um, purely because it's something that's come up a number of uh, times in my day-to-day -day job, and I want to know what people think about that particular issue. But anyway, let's have a go at the news, and uh, we'll go from there. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The long debate as to whether a Yorkshire pudding belongs on a Christmas dinner has often been a talking point on social media. This year, however, the debate has reached new heights, 
after an 11-year-old schoolgirl was left unimpressed by the failure to include her favourite item on the school Christmas lunch. The Daily Mirror carries details after the pupil's letter to her head teacher was shared on social media. The 11-year-old pupil from a Lancashire primary school sent the strongly worded email after she noticed that none of the pupils were served Yorkshire puddings, but staff were. The email referred to the puddings as food of the gods and as golden delicacies, and described the actions of the school as cruel and callous. Puddings for all were demanded going forward. The head teacher took the complaint seriously, but in good humour, and even agreed to take part in a conciliatory dance-off to make up for it. The dance-off was conducted in front of the whole school, with only one clear winner, the 11-year-old. So for all those still debating whether Yorkshire puddings belong on a Christmas dinner, be prepared to hit the dance floor to settle the argument. Chester Zoo and the University of Chester have joined forces for a new course focusing on conservation and sustainability education. This course offers a, the first opportunity anywhere in the world for education professionals to gain a recognised qualification. The course will launch in 2023 and allow those studying to gain a postgraduate certificate. The course aims to provide educators with knowledge and skills needed to help learners maximise the impact they can have in carving a better future for the planet. Full details of the new course can be found on the University of Chester website. Whilst recruitment and retention of teachers and other professionals in the UK has been a frequent topic of discussion, Nigerian news outlet The Nation looks at the topic from another angle. The article focuses on what it describes as a mass exodus of licensed medical doctors and other health professionals to more developed countries and now the fear is changes to UK immigration rules will have a further impact on the education sector. According to a recent announcement from February the 1st 2023, teachers from Nigeria and other countries who qualify will be able to apply to, te to be teachers in the UK. Whilst this is a step in the right direction for recruitment in the UK, there are fears in Nigeria and other nations that this will lead to a further brain drain that can only have a negative impact on the youth of these other nations. Finally, with many schools already broken up for the Christmas break, it's left only to wish all school staff an enjoyable holiday. While sending solidarity to those who, according to a recent teacher tap survey, are pushing on into this week, particularly to the 7% of staff who don't break up until Friday, the 23rd of December. Keep going. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of Two Minute Tech. This week, I want to make an appeal. I'd love to know about real classroom tech situations. I want to speak to teachers of all subjects about how they use tech. How do you engage your pupils using tech? Because I'm telling you now, other people will want to know what you're doing. So what are you waiting for? Get in touch at TT Radio 2022 and let us know what you want to tell us about tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. That Yorkshire pudding thing, I reckon they got off lightly with a dance-off. They try that round my way and there'd be riots. Seriously. If, if the kids saw 
the teachers eating Yorkshire pudding and not, oh my goodness me, it would be, it'd be, oh my goodness, it would be, it would be fires in the street. <laughs> they don't mess, they don't mess around with Yorkshire puddings here in, in the, in Yorkshire. Yeah. I, although the, although the student was from Lancashire, mm, I'm not going to get into that on this show. No, 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 no. It's not worth, not, not worth it. Not worth it. But anyway. So we're looking at the Humble Microsoft package. We've had a look over the last couple of shows. We've had a look at Word. We've had a look at PowerPoint. We've had a look at Excel. Uh, barely. Um, last one I want to look at is I want to have a look at uh, something that's going to lead into the rest of the show and something that I want to talk about because, um, as I said before, in my day-to-day job, I'm seeing uh, an issue pop up again and again and again. Um, uh, Microsoft offer a digital binder is basically the best way I can think of kind of describing it. Um, and it is called OneNote. What it does, OneNote is um, akin to other products on the market, such as Evernote and uh, Notion. It offers a way for um, someone to uh, to organize digital materials, whether that be text, whether it be images, whether it be audio files, whether it be links to video, whether it be online links. Um, I am fairly chaotic in my own organization of uh, pretty much everything, you know, uh, work life, home life. Um, it's, it's somewhat of a miracle that I remember that I have to do this show every now and again. And uh, thank you very much for the, uh, for the pushes from, uh, the staff here at uh, TT radio, because they know that I'm a little bit on the scatty side, a little bit on the scatty side. So, um, I, one of the, happily one of the, one of my favorite things to do in my job is to research assistive technologies and research different technologies that i think may be of use to the students and staff where i work and i get can you can you believe that teachers i get time out of my week to do this you know it's it's um it's yeah i know i am uh, deeply deeply privileged so i spend a lot of time uh, looking at websites, looking at technology and kind of making a judgment call as to whether I think uh, the technology is useful, whether I think it will be able to be used in our particular institution and so on and so forth. But I was getting to the point where I was finding something and then I forgot. I just, I just completely forgot where it was. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I test a lot of technology as well. So I, um, I sign up for different technologies. It was getting to the point where I was signing up for something that I thought, ah, oh, this looks really good. And then it was telling me, you've already signed up for this. And I was like, when? <laughs> it's like, when? When did I do this? I have no memory of this place. You know, um, it was uh, it was it was getting pretty bad. And if I'm going to if I'm going to be effective in my own research, in my own working day, I have to have a facility to organize the things that I am researching. And of course, I work with students and staff in a higher education institution. And that means that students and staff are dealing with a massive amount of digital information uh, for things like essays, for things like dissertations, PhDs, uh, more information than I, I've ever had to face for anything that I've done professionally. And so OneNote is, um, uh, as I say, one of a range 
of uh, products that allow you to organize digital information. Many of my students use it for note taking and then to augment that note taking with um, with other files and videos and other learning materials. Um, uh, and it's just great. One of the things that I like about it, which is equally a blessing and a curse, is that you can organize in any way, shape you see fit. So many of my students have uh, use OneNote and they break it down into their lectures and their modules and so on and so forth. But I've got other students who use it purely to... Um, purely to plan dissertations or purely I've got other students who use it purely to plan their social lives I don't know why they're showing me that I don't care I don't care what's a social life um, get away get away with that but um, uh, but it's something that I want to talk about and um, we'll talk about the kind of the head of the hour because for I, I don't know if this is just me and I don't know if it's like I say, because of my wizened old age, but it seems like now that students, especially uh, definitely in higher education, I don't know what it's like in secondary or primary, but they're having to deal with and having to be able to um, adapt to a huge amount of digital information. Whether that be uh, uh, texts, whether it be um, online lectures, whether it be just about anything. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of students struggle. I'm seeing a lot of students struggle just with the um, amount of digital information that they have to take on board. I mean, traditionally, uh, traditionally, when it comes to that kind of study, you know, it was about physical text, physical media, uh, handwritten notes, and so on and so forth. But now, you know, happily, in many cases, access to information is is um, easier, is easier. Um, uh, many universities across the country have uh, repositories of digitized textbooks. Um, uh, messaging, even messaging when it comes to co communicating with uh, staff um, can be done digitally. But because of all these different streams, it is, um, it's a skill to kind of be able to play around with all this information and make something of it and make it make it uh, link to each other make it uh, make it useful as it were so OneNote is um uh, one of the ways that this can be done it's a digital binder it's a digital version of that one of that those folders um with uh, you know with the little the little uh, bits in between so you can you know break down your subjects you can break down you can break things down into subjects you can break those subjects into pages and the thing that i really like about it is that you can put anything on the page you can uh, put a link to another text you can make notes and those notes can be uh, either typed or they can be handwritten if a student is using a tablet you can add uh, your own audio notes, you can add calendars, you can add uh, chats from different social media sites, you can add images. Um, you can basically add anything into this digital folder or digital scrapbook. And the skill of being able to manipulate all this information and make something of it and make it coherent, it's, it's 
it's a really specialized skill. Now, I'm not one for I'm I'm not for one saying, oh, we need to teach this in schools. Um, I mean, uh, they do teach this in schools. You know, personal organization. Um, I worked in FE for a long for the longest time, and study skills was a huge was a huge area. But the the kind of the facility for study has changed. Um, and very much so the last couple of years where remote learning was uh, the norm. Um, and being able to ensure that you have somewhere where you can find information uh, that you've gained from various sources, that you can manipulate that information and make it relevant and make it useful to you. It's a really, really important skill, but it is a skill. And it's a skill that in some cases that I'm seeing, it's leaving students behind. Um, I think a lot of it is to do with, uh, traditionally when it comes to physical media, it has that physicality, it has a weight. And you think, you know, if you read a book, you have it in your hands, it's there. But if you read things digitally, and to be honest, where I am now, the vast majority of learning materials are digital. There isn't that weight. And there isn't that physicality and therefore it's very easy to skim across something or very easy to go to different different places that may not have the relevance that you need and sometimes not being able to manipulate the information the data that you come across is putting people at a disadvantage so OneNote um, is uh, Microsoft's digital package uh, the digital binder digital scrapbook as it were. And it's a really, really good choice because it allows you to manipulate the information that you take on board in any way, shape or form that you see fit. But one of the issues is that making sure that you have a decent way of organizing that information is a skill in itself. And it's something that um, something that kind of needs to be addressed, I believe, especially, especially um, in higher education because uh, the way things are the way things are as i say the vast majority of information is digital and being able to manipulate that information uh, make it useful make it coherent um, uh, make it so that you can uh, do something of worth with it is um is a skill that not every student has it's not it's not it's not you know i'm it, it, once again back to the digital native thing it's not it, it's not necessarily a digital skill it's a it's an organizational skill and OneNote helps in that organization because it gives you a tool that allows you to um, organize to file things to label things and have everything that you need in one place ah uh, thank you uh, hey dahlia from syria uh, thanks for popping up on the chat there so yeah, um, one note, one of one of a range of uh, different technologies in regards to in regards to um, uh, digital organization, and a really good one, really good one. Um, I like the fact that you can organize things in uh, in any way that you can. If you come across a student, uh, those of you that work in in HE, and this is something that I've mentioned before, it's something I've started mentioning in my sessions as well. It's not just the technology that's important it's the technique around the technology so it's all well and good me saying yeah OneNote is great it's got some really good features oh it also has the accessibility features that are built into other office products such as immersive reader um, which is which is good really really good but it's not just about offering a student a product it's about helping a student 
gain an insight into how to use that product for full effectiveness. One of the things that I do in my job is that I have a bank of um, uh, YouTube videos of students using particular tools because I'm not I'm not an academic. I don't I don't really understand the pressures, uh, the pressures and the amount of information that has to be shifted. And I work with students across like all the schools. So uh, one student could be in engineering, the next could be in social care, the next could be in uh, English literature, the next could be in media, and so on and so forth. And I don't know nothing about none of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I do know is that um, you can find people who can act as a model. Uh, like uh, YouTube videos are really good for this kind of thing. And that's what I sometimes do. I sometimes, I, I state, I'm not an academic, but here's somebody who's in your area that uses the tool in this particular way. It might be useful. Offering those models, I think, are re really, really important because not being able to manipulate data, not being able to kind of have a filing system that's effective so that you can find things that you need to find, um, not being able to know how to take digital notes. You know, these things, these things aren't inherent in the knowledge of every student or member of staff across the board. You know, people do make assumptions as to the level of knowledge that people have. Um, so uh, in regards to uh, ensuring that students can kind of deal with these massive tsunami-like waves of information um, is really, really important and has uh, become, uh, for me, the last couple of weeks where I've been speaking to students and trying to help students in this particular way. I'm, I'm it, it's all, it, you know, everything old is new again. I'm doing very much what I used to do in further education, looking at study skills, looking at how you can use a text looking at how you can ensure that you are getting the relevant information and summarizing but the ways of doing it have changed and uh, doing doing those things digitally it can sometimes be a barrier it can sometimes be a barrier but one note helps it helps i use it myself like i say i do research on assistive technology and i have a web clipper extension for OneNote, which means that if I come across a website and a, a tool that I think, oh my goodness me, that's really good, that's really good, instead of just moving moving on and completely forgetting about it and then coming back to it two months later and thinking, oh, I, I, apparently I've looked at this before, um, what you can do is you can easily, from your browser, click on um, the extension and it will save it to your OneNote book. And other, other products have that facility, Evernote has that facility, Notion has that facility. And it's about trying to capture the just the sheer amount of information that is out there. Um, it's it's a brave new world out there, ladies and gents, when it comes to digital organization. In fact, if you have a look on YouTube and you have a look at like organization and productivity, there's a whole genre of people telling you how to be how to organize uh, your digital filing systems, how to ensure that you're uh, as productive. I don't like, uh, I've talked about this before, I don't like that kind of whole kind of productivity thing. Um, it, it's a little bit cultish, you know, um, but it is a gap. It's a gap that's, for me, becoming more and more prevalent. It's becoming more and more visible that it's incredibly difficult to handle all these different um, all these different streams of information, make them relevant, make them cohesive, 
uh, all in one place. And OneNote's a really, really good way of doing that. I use it myself so I don't forget, you know, I don't forget because I have a tendency to forget quite a lot of things, um, uh, such as uh, ensure, <laughs> ensuring that I press the right buttons and don't cut myself off. Uh, if Tom, uh, Big Boss Tom, uh, if you're out there, if you're listening, that wasn't me. All right. Okay. Just, I, I just like to point that out. That wasn't me. That's something, there's something going on. There's some, there's some, somebody, somebody's out there trying to stop my show because, you know, jealousy, that's what it's about. It's about jealousy. I think I'd, I'd, I'd look to, I'd look, I'd look, I'd look to Brent, you know, you know what I mean? I'd look to Brent, see what he's up to <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, um, that wraps up my look at uh, the kind of common tools that we see all the time linked to Microsoft, linked to Windows. Um, yeah, it was Brent, I reckon. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm joking, Brent. I, it's, it's, it's not at all, not at all to do with uh, Brent Poland. Not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah. So that wraps up uh, my look into the kind of ubiquitous uh, programs that we all know and either love or loathe when it comes to Windows, when it comes to Microsoft. If you haven't had a listen to my last show, um, I looked at uh, Word and PowerPoint and um, and some of the accessibility features that are now built into those programs if you use the online version of those programs. Um, uh, I am really impressed uh, with Microsoft's assistive technology offer. Um, they've, uh, they've integrated it into their products, which is great, uh, but it does mean that sometimes it takes a little bit of looking to find them. But yeah, so the rest of the show, uh, talking about kind of digital organization, um, many of the students who I work with struggle with uh, with trying to make sense of the massive amounts of information that they receive in regards to their academics, and and I can understand why. I can understand why, as I mentioned before, in this in this digital world now, um, there is a lot more information that's available uh, and a lot more information from many different sources, from many different streams. And that's not just the academic information. That's not just like the study, trying to find the right textbooks, trying to find something that's going to back up your argument or not back up your argument, as it were. It's about communications that you have uh, when it comes to, um, uh, I'm talking specifically in HE here, because that's, 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 uh, that's my jam at the moment. Um, a massive amount of communications uh, via email, via um, a lot of the time universities use um, things like Teams and Zoom to communicate, uh, lots of text information and so on and so forth. And I, I was just thinking if, if, I, if I was a student now, um, I, I'd find it overawing as well. I would, I would, I would find, well, first off, the organization of myself would be incredibly difficult because I, um, I'm like a dog that sees a squirrel sometimes, you know, Ooh. you know, it's like, Ooh. Ooh. oh, I'm going to do it. No. Okay. Um, but also, but also the massive amounts of information. I don't think, I don't think this, uh, the way, the way to, I'm not hundred percent sure if the way to gather this information, to assess the information, to use it in people's studies. I don't think it is explicitly taught. And as I said, I'm not, I'm not one for, oh, they should be teaching this in schools. 
but the the kind of the way that it's happened now the 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 amounts of extraneous information the uh, reliance on digital as primary sources means that you have to have a certain amount of skill when it comes to uh, digital materials even the simplest things like organizing your file system you know having having a coherent filing system is one of my biggest recommendations to students and when i say coherent not necessarily it's not it's not the same for every student that i say it is something that works for them so some students um they come to me they you know they open up the desktop and uh, and you know i i recoil in horror at how many things that they are and they're like i i, I can't find you know, I'm, I'm struggling to find this. I, was like, I, I could see why, you know, I could see why it's like somebody sneezed a bunch of folders onto your desktop. What have you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm a hypocrite by the way, cause I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, but just simple things like the organization of digital file systems, the correct or useful labeling of digital files so that you know what they are, uh, having and being able to use a digital binder such as OneNote for your studies. It's study skills, but it's in a different form. It's like study skills 2.0 uh, because it's not the same using physical equipment, uh, not the same as using physical sources as it is using digital sources. And without a little bit of knowledge, uh, and in some cases without training on how to do it, you can scupper yourself. You know, you can scupper yourself. It's, um, you know, a huge, a huge wave of information. And sometimes you drown, you know. Uh, so that's what I wanted to think, uh, think about and talk about for the last uh, part of the show as we come up to the witching hour. It is the, I don't care. It is the witching hour. It's nine o'clock. It's late, man. Serious. It's late. <laughs> I've, I've got like a little tro little tiny trickle of coffee to keep me going for the last half hour. But it's something that I want to consider, want to talk about. As I said before, if you've got any comments, uh, you can tweet us at TT Radio uh, 2022. You can leave a message on the chat here on Podbean Live. Uh, no call ins today. Um, my house has become a, a slight plague house. Uh, we have a number of uh, sick individuals in the house, so I can't really kind of be chatting to people. But, um, yeah, leave a message if you can, and we'll just have a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk about how we can ensure that students do have a handle on digital organisation. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Katz Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, 
articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. So thank you very much for our sponsors there. Um, yeah, so what do we do in this, in this uh, age of digital, of digital tsunamis? as it were, where students, um, I'm seeing students in HE struggle with uh, manipulating digital learning resources, of organizing themselves when it comes to things like filing systems, when it comes to, uh, you know, note taking. What do we do? Well, I've already discussed one of the ways. One of the ways is to use models. Uh, one of the ways is, um, you know, there are a massive amount of free resources out there. Uh, people who uh, have gone through university or are going through their GCSEs and give models of how they organize their own academic pursuits. It's really, really important that you um, don't make an assumption of somebody's knowledge of how to do these things. I was... Uh, I was kind of um, first generation uh, uh, to go to university myself, and there, even back then, there is a there's there are certain barriers when it comes to academics. Not 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 actual academics. Oh well, some of them were were a little bit barrierish. But what I mean is the academic pursuits, as it were, um, knowing how to reference, knowing how to cite, knowing how to organise your studies, knowing how to be motivated in those studies. And it's something that I'm seeing um, uh, is very difficult for a lot of students um, who I work with and students across the board. Um, so what do we do? Offering models of how to use organizational technology has got to be one of the, it's got to be up there. Um, <clears throat> as I say, it's all right me saying, ah, you know, use OneNote. You can put everything in it, but my the way that I use OneNote will be completely different from the way the next person uses OneNote, uh, or the way a student uses OneNote, or so on and so forth. So, it's always good to find a model of working with a particular tool. Um, uh, lots of companies do this; they give they give you um, uh, kind of case studies. And so on and so forth, and that's great, you know, good on them. Uh, it's a, uh, it's um, it's another, it's it is another sales ploy, but you know, just keep that down. But what I find is most, what I find is most useful, is finding videos of uh, students who are in the same sort of area using these tools and having a look at what they do. Because, as I say, the tool on its own is not enough. It should be the tool and the technique. Um, using OneNote as a student is different to me using OneNote as basically an idea dump. That's, that's, that's not, yeah, that's, that's, um, it's the assumption that a student knows how to deal with digital materials, knows how to deal with digital academic materials, learning materials, uh, the systems of comms in a particular place is, it's, it is an assumption. It is an assumption. It's one that, that, um, needs to be moved away from. It has to be. It has to be. Ah, oh, Dan. Dan just uh, sent a message on this chat. Uh, too much assumed knowledge around academic practice is pretty stressful for the students. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. It is because 
um, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, uh, particularly first generation students who may not have had uh, the experience of uh, kind of high level academics. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's catch up time. And that means that you are under a greater amount of pressure to learn things quickly that you don't know that perhaps people have already had experience in if um, they're not necessarily new to the game as it were. And yeah, it does mean that there's extra anxiety involved. So um, when it comes to digital organization, when it comes to helping a student, I think offering them a, a range of tools that will help them is great. Uh, but offering them a model of how to use those tools is probably better because it's that model. It's, uh, what's, what's the that phrase that rhymes? You can't be what you can't see. And I think that very much, I think that very much applies when it comes to, uh, digital information, you know, um, having someone and watching someone put their file system together and explain why they do it in a particular way is gold for many many students because they don't have another point of reference for that information so yeah i mean i've got a bank of youtube videos of students using the tools that i recommend and explaining how they go about these things and explain looking at the minutiae there's a whole range of stuff on youtube you know um i'm surprised by the amount of material that there is regarding uh, people explaining how they do things. Um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, we have students at uh, universities uh, explaining how they use OneNote for academic success or using Notion to plan a dissertation or um, using uh, distraction-free writing tools to ensure that they uh, can get down to work and it it's so much better coming from them you know um when it comes to this kind of thing peer peer advice um for want of a better term because not really peers it's all it's all uh, it's it's all digital itself but uh if you're unsure of how to organize your filing system at university it's really great to hear from somebody who's done it or is in the process of doing it and uh, I think that uh, that information is invaluable. Give people a model. Give people say, you know, don't necessarily assume that somebody knows how to create a filing system for their academic year. Uh, you know, they may they may they may be able to do it absolutely fine when it comes to pen and paper. But the pen and paper version of things now is becoming less relevant because of the amount of digital material that's out there. It's not, it's, you know, it's not just, it's not just like back in my day. Like, yeah, well, you got to, you have to walk to university and take a pen and write down the ref. It's not like that at all. Information is more immediate. There's more of it. It's more immediate. And so it's about being able to sift through the information. It's about being able to organize the information. It's about being able to create notes that will be relevant and are linked to the different things that they're supposed to be creating. I mean, this stuff, uh, it, it can, it's, it, is it obvious? I think the assumption that it is obvious is um, uh, it's not a great one. 
it's not a great one and it's easy especially in higher education it's easy to make an assumption of somebody's baseline knowledge regarding uh, organizing material <clears throat> so um so one of the things uh so one of the things that i think is important is to give people a model of how to use these things don't just chuck an app at somebody um uh, chuck them an app and then chuck them a couple of videos about how students use these apps to help organize things these apps that i recommend they're usually quite easy there's not usually much of a learning curve to use the functionality but it's about having to conceptualize how best to organize rather than saying oh this will help you organize it's about well i organize like this and that is far more useful than saying oh here's a tool you know um so yeah that's my first piece of advice when it comes to digital organization and when it comes to helping students who may not necessarily have the baseline skills uh, when it comes to higher education i mean i'm always surprised when uh, i mean i suffer from the same assumptions myself you know i'm not above uh making assumptions about uh, a person's level of skill and i think um demonstrating something is always always a good idea and funnily enough uh dan on the chat who we we are on the same wavelength dan um i found that i've had to demo an app in class to make it part of the session consistently before students use them independently i don't know how much space unis have for that kind of sort of teaching approach that's the thing yeah that's the thing you know um i think there's always space for study skills uh at university or at least there should be um it's like i say the assumption that everybody knows how to do this thing straight off the bat it's 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 it has become obvious for me over the last few weeks that that, that assumption is um is a wrong one and so uh you know online courses uh courses linked to study skills at uh, a central library at an institution uh, i think i think you know i think the, these things can be made available um and it's just about signposting and ensuring that people know that they exist because uh, if they don't know they exist it's not going to get used and that's the case in anything really but when it comes to digital organization when it comes i mean just just a a quick video about how to organize your finances and i'm not even talking about using a particular app i'm, I'm talking about those yellow bad boys that you see on your desktop you know how do how do you make sure that there's a logical order how do you make sure that you can identify something that you need easily um as i say i'm i'm a little bit hypocritical because i it's almost as if i make my life a little bit more difficult i change i change my system far more than is healthy and so i've got parts of my filing system that's in one wave parts of my filing system that's in another way and so on and so forth <clears throat> but but allowing someone to see that kind of like the like the building blocks of um the building blocks of academia you know uh allowing a student to see somebody's filing system allowing a student to say okay that that kind of thing's going to work for me uh that might not work for me but that kind of thing's going to work for me and having kind of uh, having digital models 
is really just really important. Demonstration, as Dan, as Dan says, demonstrating a particular tool. Here's the other thing. Here's, here, it's not as if I've it's just come off the top of my head. Of course, I've planned this. It's definitely here in my notes. Really, it is. Um, it's not enough to demonstrate a tool, but you have to demonstrate a tool in the context of your own institution. That's what I think. That's what I think. Because what you do then is that you take away from the abstract and then you say, well, okay, so we know that this library here has got this particular book. So what we're going to do, give it, give it meaning by, by, you know, give it meaning by uh, ensuring a locality, ensuring uh, that, that any training that does happen, you know, is immediately obvious that it works in your institution. Because I think sometimes if you don't do that, these tools and their use become very, very abstract. That's why I like the YouTube video method of saying, okay, here's a student. They're kind of doing your area. Have a look and see what they have a look and see what's working for them. Um, uh, the other issue, of course, is that not everybody is going to be the same and people are going to be using different kind of uh, different methods and so on and so forth. So sometimes it is about sampling and it's also, and that can also be problematic because it takes up time. It takes up time for a student to have a look at other people and say, okay, you do it this way. Maybe that's a good idea. Um, where do we, as Dan uh, earlier on said, where do, we find the, where do we find the time? Where do we find the space to do that in an HE institution? Uh, I, uh, pre start, pre the, pre, pre the start of your academic career, hopefully, you know, hopefully. I mean, if, uh, if, if universities are interested in kind of equity in regards to students that may not have had um, generations of experience when it comes to things like uh, digital study or just study skills in general. Um, they really should be thinking about a facility that helps students before they get started, you know, so they're not on the back foot, you know, get a, you can get a running jump. I don't know why I use so many kind of uh, athletic analogies because I'm like the least athletic person that I know, you know, but anyway, hope, hopefully I'm kind of, hopefully I'm getting the point across. Um, well, as everyone, uh, Dan says, well, as everyone is watching lectures online instead of going to them, perhaps a rebalance. Now, this, this is the thing, you know, I mean, excuse me, I'm just going to take a massive swig of coffee to try and get through the next part. Mm. Physical attendance of lectures, and it links back to Dan's run from the chat after dropping that bomb. Well, well, as every, everyone is watching lectures online instead of going to them, perhaps a rebalance. Oh, he's, he's Molotov the chat there and run off as Dan. Uh, good on him. I like, got to have a bit of controversy on an evening. Um, yeah, when it comes, uh, I got very, very specific. Um, uh, very, very specific thoughts when it comes to online lectures, uh, because in my area, I'm working with students with disabilities. In some cases, online lectures are pretty much essential. However, uh, perhaps there does need to be a rebalance in regards to the digital world and the real world. Um, for me, I, I have, um, I am nothing if not an advocate for digital lectures. And I know people probably don't want to hear that. But um, I, I can't think of a decent reason uh, not to have them now that we have the technology that makes it 
so that we can have them. But that I reckon that might be another. Ooh, is that is that a whole show's worth of content there? I reckon it is. So at some point in the future, ladies and gents, here's a trailer. We'll be talking about um, we'll be talking about recorded lectures. Good thing, bad thing, uh, and so on and so forth. Thanks for that, Dan. Basically, you're writing your con my content for me. You're absolute star, absolute star. Um, yeah. So. Um, when it comes to the differences between kind of uh, physical study and the study of digital materials, I think one of the biggest differences is the amount. And because that you are, um, so much is readily available, it can be extremely overawing. And <laughs> oh, Dan's hoping there's a dissertation on the topic. Do not let me tread on your academic toes, dude. You get that done. You get that done. Cite me though, you know, just you know, uh, like Tom Tom Tom's discussion was amazing, and that's why I've created this fantastic text, something like that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so the amount of material is one of the things that makes uh, digital organization difficult, digital organization problematic. The lack of knowledge about how to use. Um, uh, digital tools to help with the organization of that material is also problematic. The assumption around um, the level of knowledge about those tools is definitely problematic. And, um, but it's just something, it's just something that I think to myself, we need to prepare students a bit more for this. Uh, you know, um, not to hold their hand throughout their academic uh, studies, of course not, but to prepare them when it comes to the donkey work of shift, you know, sifting through a whole bunch of digital information in ensuring that if you are looking at different sources, different digital sources, that you're able to keep motivated and you keep, keep focused. These things, they're going to become more and more relevant. They're going to become more and more relevant. There's, there's a kind of, there's a, there's a, you know, a to in and fro in in HE at the moment regarding you know remote learning and in person learning, and so on and so forth. But it's not just at the point of learning; it's about the materials around the learning. Um, I don't know of a university that doesn't have a, like a central uh, learning environment where a student can go to and get uh, the information that they need. Um, fairly immediately and it's that immediacy sometimes that is um that is a, a disadvantage strangely enough because you have everything everything is there and uh, whereas in uh, previous decades there had to be a certain amount of searching a certain amount of um but everything just arrives on your doorstep like it's a party you know, it's like, ding dong, hello, we're all the learning materials that you'll need for this year. How are you doing? Where's the beer? You know, it's, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not surprised that that's difficult to manage. You know, I, I'm not surprised that um, having that wave uh, means that a lot of my students are finding it difficult to organize themselves, organize their academic pursuits. Uh, but, if you can give people a model about how to use the tools, I think that's a bonus. If you can uh, not make an assumption about somebody's baseline knowledge in regards to uh, academic 
study in the handling of digital materials. I think that's a bonus too. Um, but also um, looking at the techniques around the tools that you might introduce is paramount, I believe. See, I've just look at that. how good am, that's that's uh, that's like that's decades of teaching right there. I've just I just summarized everything off the top of my head. Boom, plenary. Boom, easy. I don't know why people I don't know why people get stressed about teaching. So it's easy, isn't it? <laughs> I am joking, ladies and gentlemen. That's a joke. Okay, please, please don't cancel me. Um, you know, I need I need to make sure that I can keep my attic heated. All right, um, but yeah, so. Uh, to sum up, what we're looking at is we are, um, I've looked at the ubiquitous nature of some of the Microsoft products that are out there and some of the uh, lesser known features of said products. Um, and then I made uh, a segue into digital organization, which is um, something that many students who I'm working with are starting, well, not starting to, are struggling. Uh, with it's not about lack of will don't get me wrong it's not about the people not being bothered um it's about a lack of knowledge uh it's about not having not having dealt before with massive amounts of information and not having dealt before with having to try to prioritize what's important having to try to identify what's important and not having to have had uh not having to have had faced the wave before because it is it, you know it is it's a massive it's a, it's a massive digital wave of information and i'm not surprised that people are rapidly paddling just to stay afloat but anyway um we're getting to uh close to the end of uh today's uh conversation i say it's a conversation i just talk that's like a, it's a lecture isn't it um so we've looked at Microsoft products, we've looked at digital organization, and thank you, Dan Phillips, you wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. I think what Dan's done he is he has uh, suggested a really good topic for my next session. At uh, uh, some point after the Christmas break, like I said, I'm not that organized enough to give you a date, sorry. Um, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about the recording of lectures and what that means because i am a i'm pretty militant about it and i know that there are uh, academics out there who are also pretty militant but stand on the other side so that should be good. maybe i'll get a guest on you know that would be good you know sometimes i don't really i i have trust issues in regards to um you know people in general and I, I, sometimes I just like to talk so I don't have to organize like things like pressing a button to let somebody else talk. But it might be, it could be uh, quite a nice little show if we do something along the lines of uh, for and against the recording of lectures. I know which, I know which side I'm on. There's no fence sitting here. Uh, I'm for. Um, so if you are, uh, if you are against the recording of lectures, maybe get in touch. Um, uh, Uh, yeah, this is uh, Dan, Dan, just like a last message from Dan. I was great to watch one at 1.5 the other day. Maybe flip learning could actually work for a change. I, I, this is the thing. I, I, I speed this stuff up no end. Also, I work with um, lots of students who use screen readers. And um, the speed that they set the screen readers on is just incredible. I, I, I cannot... <laughs> 
I cannot make out what's being said, but many of the students that I work with, it's just, it's just the day to day, but yeah, get through. I mean, you could do that with my, <laughs> you could pretty much do that with this particular podcast, stick it up at 1.5, get through it. You know, um, you'd miss the wonderful nuance and, uh, the, uh, huge intellect of the host here, but, uh, who cares, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit next time. We'll talk a little bit about the recording of lectures in higher education and talk about the benefits and the uh, disadvantages that it may offer. That's really good. That's really, really good. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it for me. Apologies for the break in between the show. Um, I'm going to blame gremlins this time. I think, uh, I think, yeah, gremlins, um it's christmas time so you know uh, now that was a good movie that was a good they should have put gremlins on why on earth did they put broken arrow on like we were, we were like 13 years old <laughs> i'm just getting ah uh, flashbacks to the ultra violence of my youth all right so um thank you very much if you've listened live if you are listening on the download also thank you very much uh, for taking the time um uh I hope everybody has a uh, restful uh, Christmas with a uh, little drama and um, and I hope everybody gets a Yorkshire pudding on their plate. Otherwise, you're going to have like primary kids having a go at you and nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And um, hopefully uh, I'll be around soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.